0: You're listening to the Restoration Church Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and deep calling to deep. Today's message is brought to you by Lead Pastor Kim Foreman. God wants to show himself this morning, especially to the fathers. Today is the burden bearer, as the heavy lifter, as your deliverer, as your all in all. And I almost called the sermon, What Weight Are You Carrying? Mm-hmm. So, what weight have you laid down, but you keep coming back, and you keep picking it up? Not just once, but again, and again, and again. Come on. Is this because, time and time again, life circumstances are mm-hmm. a reminder that the weight is still there? Is the enemy of your soul reminding you continually It's ever before you, it's not solved, it's not removed, and you push it down, but it keeps coming back. Feels like a heaviness on your chest, making it difficult to even breathe at times from the weight of it. How much energy do we try in our own strength to find a way where there seems to be no way? So we reason, we wrestle, we wring our hands, we walk the floor. And we're robbed of what? Our peace. We're robbed of our joy. And after that, we arrive again at the same conclusion. Unless God does it, it can't be done. Helpless. Sometimes we feel helpless, but we're never without help. Never. You know, Peter says in 5-7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Do not be anxious, it says in uh, Philippians 4, 6-7, through 7, about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to the Lord. And then Matthew 6, 34 says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry itself. Amen. Each day has enough trouble. Is that not true? Yes, it is. So whether you're having a... You know, problems like a troubled marriage, perhaps you're having a health issue, perhaps it could be a job that you're unhappy in, that you're exploited in, perhaps there's been a tragedy, a death, a calamity, how about you're caring for a parent with dementia, some of us have walked through that, perhaps it's your grown children, perhaps your son or your daughter's lost their job and they've had to move in. We know many people that that's happened to and already have a stressful budget, and then they've got to move the family in to take care of them. Perhaps you're concerned with having enough to retire on. Perhaps you had to get in your 401k because of life circumstances and you're worried about how you're going to be taken care of in your old age because with the economy and the way the economy is going, it's a very fearful time to live in. Could it be that you're lonely? You've been single, you've been waiting for the right spouse, and it just seems like you just keep getting older and older. What about a couple that is infertile that want a baby so bad, and yet there has been no baby? But the burdens, there's so many burdens in this world that seem to weigh us down. You know, just even looking at the world news, perhaps you're gifted, and you, and you just have that gifting to watch the world news and be up on the current affairs. But even in that, causes more burden, causes more worriness. Um, perhaps financial issues. Your groceries exceed your income along with your rent and utilities. And goodness knows for the elderly who have you know, medical expenses with their medication and can't even afford their medication. So you wrestle, you cry. You see no way out. Perhaps you've taken matters in your own hands and created an Ishmael. I don't know about you, but I've created a couple of those Ishmaels, and they continually buff it no matter what you do. But God is the only one who can make the crooked places straight. Isaiah 45.2 says, I will go before thee, and I will make the crooked places straight. Even when you're in a crooked place, he says he's gone before you. He knew what you were going to do because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he knows all things. So he's already made the crooked place straight. He's just waiting for you to surrender and allow him to straighten it out. So he is the only one who makes a way where there is no way. That's Genesis 22, 9 through 14, when God provided the ram in the bush instead of Isaac. And what about the Israelites? Standing at the Red Sea with Pharaoh's army is in you know, pursuit. It doesn't get much greater than that. With a staff... The, the whole parting of the Red Sea, and then all of Pharaoh's armies wiped out when the sea came tumbling down on them. How spectacular a display that had, God has painted for us through his word. And God's word, again... Time and time again, all we have to do is go back and it will encourage us because this outstretched arm, time and time again, in the most impossible of circumstances, he has come through and done what only he could do protect, rescue. So, this message this morning was given to me. I've come in here last week, and uh, any of you that have Spotify, you have a playlist. We all have our favorite playlist. And I come in and I was kind of burdened, you know, just just like with some of the things we all deal with. I was burdened, you know, where are we going with restoration? Um, you know, thinking about we just bought this beautiful building and thinking about, okay, God, you know, worried about the finances, worried about if we're leading y'all correctly. You know, Lord, how do we do it? You know, God, are we doing right? Are we being good leaders? You know, what, God, what could we change? God, what do we need to implement? You know, all those things. And all of a sudden, that song that I just played for you, the last one, came on. And the anointing was there. And I just began to cry. And his peace and his presence came upon me. And, you know, I knew, leave it alone, Kim. It's his house. He'll build it. And so from that came this message this morning. And that's what he wants to say. He said it to me, and he wants to say it to you. Today, he wants to show himself as your Abba Father. And any burden you're carrying, I am believing today. When you leave, that burden will no longer be on you. Yes. Yes. So I surrendered and I give it to him, and I take my hands off of it, and I stop all my human reasoning, my program planning, realizing it is his house, he will build it, He will. we will not labor in vain. It will be in his design, his strength, and he will send the provision, and he will send the people. Yes, That's point blank. We need to prayerfully seek him, worship him, obey what he tells us to do, teach and preach his word, and the rest is all up to him. It's just that simple. That's simple in the house of the Lord. That's simple in our own lives. Even the word that he gave Keegan as I sit there and come this." that's exactly what he was saying to Keegan. Just do what you're supposed to do. Walk uprightly. Walk in righteousness. Love me. Worship me. Read my word. I'll do the rest. I've got your path. I'm going to light your path. That's for each one of us. And in man's kingdom... You know, I need to work it up. In man's kingdom, I need to plan. I need to evangelize. I need to get the right connections. I got to get the guest speakers. I got to get a worship team. In man's plan, I need to do all this stuff. And believe me, I can work it up. I can work it up well. I can use my soulish power, and I can do all kinds of things. But will it be God things, and will it be anointed? No, it will not be. And for a little while, it might look good. But I promise you, it'll fizzle out. But when it's God... When it's God, you'll have the passion. When it's God, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. You'll just step in the river and start flowing. That's the beauty of when we do it his way. When we do it his way and it's his plan, he anoints it. He does it. We just have to be obedient. How easy is that? So... I think about it's his house and I sit here after I cry and I I feel his presence. I think we don't have just one house, we got two now. You know, and I mean I love the way he parades things before us. And then you know, I know churches that have been in, you know, I know one church that's been going twelve years, doing real well, they're still renting a building. I know of another church doing real well, they've been going seven years, they're still renting a building. We're three years, we own two. Hello. Is that, that not something That's to rejoice? That is God. The, I, you know, I'm not saying, but for whatever reason, we have to rejoice in the provision our Father has given us. He picked this little corner in this whole city to put Restoration Church. And so he has a plan for this land. He has a plan for these neighborhoods. He has a plan for that apartment building. He has a plan, and he says it's right here. Amen. And, I mean, he chose it. He put us here. So we need to rest in that and just be good stewards and do what he tells us. Prayerfully look at him, seek him, he'll tell us. And just like Thursday, when we come together on Thursdays with the elders, we're sitting in there just praying and sharing what we think we need to do. And then this woman walks in from the Catholic Church full of fire and the Holy Ghost and has her hands in many pies and she wants to bring Anchor Hope, who we already support, to come in alliance with restoration so that we can meet the needs of many things in the city. What were we doing? We were just sitting here, praying, discussing, and then she walks to the door. How awesome is that? You think that didn't go with what I had felt two days earlier? You know, be still and know. Be still and know. So God wants to remove these burdens. Um, and Psalms 46, if you have your Bibles, turn to... Psalms 46, so that is our text this morning. I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to just go forward in it. It says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, Though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, Selah, there is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, and she shall not be moved. God shall help her, just as the break of dawn. The nations raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come behold the works of the Lord, who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and he cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots in the fire. Be still and know that I am God, and I will be exalted among the nations, and I will be exalted in the earth, and the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. What a awesome, awesome psalms. I hope that most of you had fathers, that you could run to as children, even teens or young adults. And in times of trouble, when you were weighed down, when you were facing a huge problem or a crisis, through their help, through their advice, through their protection, through their provision, through their wisdom that you experienced, the freedom from the weight that you were carrying because they took it off of you, whether through the advice, whether it was a financial crisis. But you know, there are so many, so many today that had no father or had an absentee father or an unapproachable father that was harsh, that was critical and going to them would reduce the weight and even add more insult to the injury and add even more weight from even going to them. God's message again to us today is that to be fully confident that God is our protector. He's going to provide for us and he again is omnipotent. He is all powerful. Yesterday I had an illustration of this as we celebrated in the praise report because this man, um, now I felt like, you know, it could have been drugs. It could have been, you know, alcohol because I've dealt with this young man before. He lived in our neighborhood for many years and, uh, but he lost control of his car, of his truck, a big red truck. And he said it was because he was on his phone. He had no shoes on. And he barreled through the fence of my neighbors. And I mean, he came right up against one of my boys' bedrooms. I'm talking about he's like this far from my house. And, and, and the child that was in that room was asleep, and his bed was against that wall. So it would have taken him out. But let me tell you this child's name. This child's name is Bryce Israel. Is God not good? And we know God has unconditional protection for Israel. And his covenant with Israel is unconditional. And so here my son is asleep in that bed. And that truck stopped this far from his bedroom. God is so good. We so rejoiced. It's such a testimony to my voice. And, of course, Bryce did wake up. He woke up very quick. <laughs> so, um, you know, it didn't hurt anything. We had a new storage building in the front yard. He merrily missed. He didn't, he didn't hurt anything on my property. Now, my neighbor's rotting our fence. It's gone. But I'm telling you, you know, and I'm going to tell some testimony today um, about God being a refuge and a strength and ever-present help in trouble Uh, in my life, because not just that I'm somebody, but because I answered the call to care for the orphans. God has special provision for the orphans, and I've seen that time and time again by his hand. You know, in Psalm 68, 5, he says, Give justice to the weak, maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you a father to the fatherless and a defender of widows. Is God is in his holy dwelling. So he has a special provision for widows and orphans. And so Bob and I have got to reap that as we've taken up that call to take care of the fatherless. And um, I remember, you know, <clears throat> I had a dream before, before Hurricane Laura and Bob got COVID, I had a dream, and often dreams are so symbolic that God will use my father in dreams, but they, my father is representing God, the Father. And uh, I was in this this house, and the house was completely gutted with just the the, the beams, you know, uh, not even the sheetrock. And I'm there, and Bob's behind me, and all my foster children. My daddy walks through the door, and he said, "Grab my hand," and I grabbed his hand, and then I grabbed Bob's hand. I said, "Get the kids," and then. We walked out of that house that was all dilapidated. And I knew, of course, I was worried because I knew that meant something, that something was coming, but God was going to make a way where there was no way. And that's when Bob ended up with COVID, and on the heels of COVID, and I know that the Shannons can appreciate this because they went through a, a like situation during that time. Then we had Hurricane Laura. So we're evacuating on, you know, the heels of Bob getting out of the hospital and hooked up to oxygen, kind of like what you went through, Keith. I mean, it was a living hell, but that dream kept us. And, you know, y'all have heard my testimony that, you know, these things are destitute when you're on the road with six hungry boys. And, you know, I always come with an army, okay? Wherever Mama Kim comes, you know, or goes, they're all going. And that means even some who've gone on and moved on. But anyway, um, you know, we're still mom and dad. And, but there again, provision was hand over fist during that time. I think we were only out like $300 when it was all said and done from people coming and blessing us. And, uh, you know, Bob was given a dream too, you know, before uh, the hurricanes hit, the, all the hurricanes, when we just started having one after another, that he had two years and again in that dream my dad visited him and he knew we were to buy property and that's when we bought buffalo and i had a dream in the same time that we had to have it complete within two years and at july bob had finished the last bunk beds and when hurricane Ike kit we had property secure we were able to put up 35 people most of them foster children on our property up there and um And the thing that was really neat is everybody was out without electricity, except for Buffalo. I'm not kidding you. I had caseworkers who had traveled to Dallas that stopped and ate at the Dairy Queen in Buffalo because we were the only ones that kept electricity. But these are the kinds of things. I remember when the ice storm hit many, many years ago, we were living in a trailer. Uh, and this is before we were we were then working respite. Bob hadn't left Coca-Cola. And, I mean, everybody had been iced over. Nobody had electricity. It was a mess. And uh, there we are, right off of Irving in that little trailer park. And our trailer in that trailer park had electricity. And I was absolutely able to house 12 um, of Smith Group Homes' boys in our house for two or three days. We had electricity. So these are the kinds of things that God has done. He's shown up and he's shown off. And he is, uh, again, present among his people. Uh, You know, I go back to Hurricane Rita, and I know that I'm not really encouraging you in this because we're right here on the heels of hurricane season. But, you know, we're going to continue to promise and pray, God, no hurricanes in the name of Jesus. We have had enough of our hurricanes. But in Hurricane Rita, I saw God's greatest hand of provision was because we were on the road, at that time we had 12 children, all therapeutic children. And um, and the hurricane was easier to withstand than what we dealt with on the road. But we were on the road and we had 18, let's see, we had all together we had 18 people with us. Okay, and uh, four dogs. And I'm not probably not even counting mine, okay? My mama had four dogs. And so we get on the road, 18 of us. Andy had had surgery on both his feet. He wasn't healed, he was in A wheelchair. I mean, it was a mess. And so we go to Nacogdoches, and we rent a bed and breakfast, bed and breakfast places. Very expensive. We were completely out of debt. Bob and Kim were completely out of debt. I will say we were not after this. Um, And for a while, we were okay. Things were going okay, except the Hurricane um, Rita came through Nacogdoches. So then there's no electricity. So then it sends us on the road. So we're on the road with all these people, and none of the shelters wanted to take us because we had foster children. this is truth. I don't know why there's a a dilemma where people think it's wrong. It's stinking thinking that if you have foster children, they're delinquents. That's not true. They're broken children. They've been abandoned. And um, the shelters didn't want to put us up. We got one shelter to put us up for one night. And when I tell you being on the road with that many people and it being hot in that time of year... I mean, I was, we were just undone. I didn't know what we were gonna do. It was the most destitute time in my life. And to be a caregiver for that many people, the stress was enormous. And then I ended up having to call Buckner's because they were our placement agency. And I just started crying. I said, we don't have nowhere to go. Nobody wants to put us up. And they said, come to Marble Falls. And so we went and they have, they have a, a, a camp that is like for doctors and lawyers. We got there, we were the first ones there. Okay, I want you to know the campus hadn't even got there and they had a big campus. And we went and I can remember getting there and they came out, just great Baptist people. They come out and they have a big cafeteria, just like you would do if you went to a cafeteria to, 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 to pay for. And they were there to greet us. And I just began to cry and I just couldn't quit crying because that was heaven. And we got to live there for a month. They even did our laundry. I would tell you, it was a provision like no other. I will tell you that that's what caused us and God to buy a property where we never were in this position again, but to be on the road with that many children and um, not know whether your home was destroyed. And God made provision. And so when we are weak our God is strong, and I have seen that time and time again. You know, even animals, when they're in distress, they run to their refuge. Proverbs 30:26 says the rock badgers are a feeble folk, yet they make their homes in the crags. That means in the little things in the rock they hide. So I would ask you today, what is your refuge? Hopefully it's not someone or something other than God. Because, again, he's the ever-present help in times of need, and something or or anything besides God is idolatry, and we have to remove that. We have to lean on him and him alone. So, So if this is that you still have this weight, I want you to check your heart. Do I have anything that I lean on or escape into instead of him? Fear is the opposite of faith. If God is a real strength and help to his people, then faith has to rise up. We have to, have, we have to pull on faith and, and, and push down fear. It's a wrestling, it's a, especially if you've been through traumas. And all of us have been through traumas living in southeast Texas with the storms we've encountered. And even in the biggest crisis, though the earth be removed, this suggests a great crisis in the Psalms. The earth is removed, the mountains are carried, the waters rose, and the mountains shook. So the psalmist is portraying that the most frightening events imaginable, he's saying that God is greater than your crisis. Fear robs God of his honor. When we're in the midst of crisis, people are watching us. We might be shaken on the inside, but we better have that word richly planted on our heart, and we better be pulling up that word and fighting that faith and saying, oh no, my God, my God will supply all my needs. My God will keep me. My God will hide me. My God, that's where our strength is at. And there is a river, and this the Psalms says, there's a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God. This is a picture of constant provision for Jerusalem. And Jerusalem does not have a river in it. It has a few small streams. Yet the, the prophets anticipated the day when a mighty river would flow from the temple itself. Is that not a picture when they pierced Jesus' side and the water poured out? It's the New Jerusalem. It's our Ezekiel 47, 12. The fruit trees of all kinds were grown uh, on both banks of the river, and the leaves will what? Not Neither wither and they will be fruitful, and every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to their fruit, and they will serve for food and the leaves for healing. So water is life-giving. It's life-giving in the land. It's life-giving for us. And the city of God is glad because the city is secure. One of the best defenses against the enemy besieging a city is that it has water. If it has water, it can stay sustained. But water's the key. So we have hope, everlasting hope for New Jerusalem. To die is to live, and we have an everlasting hope to live forevermore. So it doesn't matter if death stands at our door. We gain either way, don't we? I remember Dustin said one day, to me and Bob, and it just kind of shocked us. He said, I wish I was your age and not my age because I don't know what we're going to have to go through. And that hit me in the core of my being because there's truth there. We don't know what tomorrow holds. And so we may get to check out as we get older and go on to glory and be praying, be in that cloud of witnesses, praying for the next generation. But as this generation looks out, it's a frightening thing that could happen and be a part of, of great calamities and crisis. So it does not matter what is happening around us. God, again, is our, in the midst of us. He's our refuge, our strength. He will help us. And he says, even if the heathen rage, do we not see even today the heathen rages? Do we not see that we are in the days of Noah? We see it. But he says, kingdoms moved. He utters his voice and the earth melts. All he has to do is speak and the earth melts. And again, the Lord of hosts are innumerable. Demons are not. So to see with heaven's perspective, the Lord of hosts, the angel armies, more are for us than that are against us. So the God of Jacob is our refuge. To reflect on the promises of God, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, are ours. We are the target of God's blessings, His promises. If it's in line with God's will, we can ask for anything and it shall be given. Healing is promised, deliverance is promised, grace to prosper is promised. It is for a purpose. Every miracle that is done is to bring glory to God's name and to advance his kingdom. If your prayer is pure and it aligns with his purpose and his will and his word, then his name is glorified when it's accomplished. But God will never move in an unholy means. And so, and the answer may require repentance. When you have a heavy burden, maybe the burden hasn't lifted, Because it's not aligning with what you're wanting God to do with his word. And this is why we have to study to show ourselves approved. The answer may require repentance, restitution. It may require holiness for you to do things his way. And his ways are holy. So a heart that is yielded, broken, ready to do whatever he instructs, breakthroughs at hand. Perhaps that weight you have is because you've not been willing to yield and do things his way. There may need to be a breaking. There may be a laying down of pride that needs to happen. It may require you to do something that you're just not ready to do. But yet the weight is there. And the weight is heavy. And it keeps weighing you down. So perhaps that weight is crushing the coal to release the diamond that's inside. When God stretches forth his hand to deliver, it is par- powerful and nothing can stop it. Age is not a barrier. We've already seen that in Abraham. We've seen it in Jacob, Moses, and Joshua. The size, or deter- the size or determination of strength of your enemy is not a barrier either. And time is not a barrier. Who has made desolations in the earth? God is mighty to make desolations. And he enforces peace and he makes wars to stop. The ideal is God's people can look over the battlefield after God has completely routed out his enemies and their instruments of war are scattered, broken, and burning. And he says, be still and know, I am God and I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth and we will get to ride with him in new Jerusalem and we will see this whether it be Armageddon or be the rise of the antichrist whatever's going to happen we have eternity together and we will see the battlefield and we will see the glory and the victory of our God but the thing is it's a backwards kingdom simply surrender he wants you to know his sovereignty over all the kingdoms of the nation. It means to lay down your arms, surrender, and acknowledge that he is victorious. The gravity of the situation or the problem is not the barrier. God's enemies submit to him because of the greatness of his power. That's Psalm 66.3. Pharaoh's stubbornness earned Egypt very severe plagues, including the death of the firstborn. Divine intervention is simply a miracle. It occurs by the power of God. It took the power of God for a little stone to bring down a giant. It took the power of God for water to become wine. It took the power of God for a little stick to cause an axe head to float. It is peculiar. God can achieve the same result through diverse ways and means. Because again, He loves to use the foolish things to confound the wise. He may not deal with the same problem in two different people the same way either. Once He healed a blind man by laying His hands on him, another time He spat on the ground, mixed mud, rubbed it on a blind man's eyes, and asked him to go to the pool and wash. You may think your problem's peculiar, but God will give you a peculiar uh, solution. It's sometimes progressive. Healing may be instantaneously, which we all hope for, right? Yes. But many of us have had to walk it out too, haven't we? Yes. He may do a divine inter- intervention, but sometimes it's progressive, like in Matthew 8, through 26. We see the account of the healing of another blind man in phases. After the first ministration, he was seeing men as trees walking. The Lord had to touch him again before his vision became perfect. So the same thing can happen with accommodation, job, deliverance. Divine intervention can occur in phases. God moved the pillar of fire behind Israel to prevent Pharaoh's advancing army from reaching them while getting them to safety across the Red Sea. Sometimes obstacles are holding your enemies back, and you're not quite in the right timing yet to see the end of that thing that's weighing you down. So, you can shut the devil out, but you can also shut God out. We heard God came forth powerfully this morning in prophecy about our hearts and yielding our hearts. God wants our heart. He's after that and that alone. You cannot change what you permit. God will not contribute to your life what you do not desire. So you have to believe in him and you have to pursue him. He said they shall call. There has to be a calling unto him. We have to call to him. Sometimes we can try to be our own God and think that we have the strength to problem-solve and do things. But when we yield, he always has the better way. Always the better way. Your faith is absolutely essential to move God's hand. Remember, God is not moved by need, but what? By faith. Faith is the check with which you draw from your heavenly account. So it is the avenue, the channel by which we receive from heaven's store. Without faith, nothing moves. So I'm challenging you today to cause your faith to arise. It may be a simple act of obedience, a step of faith. It could be a vow. It could be a seed. It takes place at God's own time, not necessarily, again, at your time. We know he's right on time. I know many of us have said, my goodness, God, could you just come a little early? But it's always at that right on time. Get a little illustration of this is raising Lazarus, recorded in John chapter 13. The Lord Jesus took some four days to come after the message got to him. In the meantime, Lazarus died. People became weary. When they appoint the time for their intervention, said it did not take place then, except God specifically tells you he wants to help you. Don't fix time for yourself. <laughs> we try to do that, don't we? That's how we create Ishmael's. That's what happened with Sarah. She got out of the timing of the Lord, didn't she? Even though she had the promise. But God's timing is perfect. It's complete. Lazarus was not only raised back to life, he was healed of the sickness that even killed him. So he was raised bound, but Jesus commanded that he be loosed and released. He was surely perfect. Everything that concerns you, he will perfect it. He's the author and the finisher of all of our faiths. He will give you He will give you skills and not leave you jobless. If he's giving you skills, he's going to provide a job. He will not give you a business without supplies. And he will not give you supplies without giving you customers. He will not give you children without giving you the the provision to be able to feed them. He will not give you a vision without the provision. Don't settle for half measures. Your present location is not your final destination. I love that. God's desire for you is to be complete in all things. King Hezekiah once protested that he would not be robbed of the residue of his years. You will not be robbed of your peace, your promotion, your home, your joy in the name of Jesus. God does not want you to be a spiritual success and be a financial failure. He does not want you to be in financial prosperity and ravaged in your body with disease. God will begin to balance our lives in all things. And we need to ask God for balance in all things. It is permanent. The Red Sea was a final solution to the menace of the Egyptian army. God said to them, for the Egyptians who you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. And don't we have some burdens that we would like for the Red Sea to swallow up? And I'm telling you, God wants to swallow up some burdens today. But well, we, we have to lay the weight at his feet. And so I'm going to end the service today, and I do know what he told me. He said he wanted to remove the burden. But one of the things I want, to, I want to hit that he brought up just this morning before service, he started talking to me about Naaman with Elisha. Now, Naaman came to Elisha for healing. He had leprosy. And he thought that that Elisha was just going to come out and, I guess, do some kind of wave of his hand and say, in the name of Jesus, or whatever, and in the name of God, and and Naaman was going to be healed. And that's not. Because sometimes we have preconceived ideas. I'm saying today, I'm going to play that last song again. I want you to put every burden, everything that you keep picking up, everything that you keep trying to wrestle with, And lay that before the Lord. Let him take this burden and leave it there this morning. The other thing is to be open. That if he tells you something to do, that you lay your pride aside. If you've been telling him no in certain areas today, let your heart be turned towards him and say, Lord, I will do whatever you ask, even if it's peculiar, even if it's strange. But what ended up happening with Naaman, Naaman was told to go bathe by Elijah in the Jordan River, which was dirty. He was mad. He's like, you could have put me in Damascus River. That was clean. Now you're going to send me to the Jordan? But he obeyed seven times, and the man was healed of his leprosy. So I'm going to challenge you. You have to do things God's way because his ways are higher than our ways. And God wants to lift. That's what he said. He wants to lift any burdens that you're carrying Whether it's worried about your retirement, whether it's financial, whether it's marriage, whatever it is. God wants you today to take those burdens and fully put them at his feet because his yoke is easy, his burden is light. And he wants to take that burden and he wants to make a way where there is no way. And he wants to be the problem solver. He wants to be your Abba Father. He wants to take that yoke and he wants to give you freedom. And then he's going to give you a solution. And you just have to be willing to lay the pride aside and to do things his way. Thank you for listening to the Restoration Church podcast. If you would like to watch our message live or looking for more information about our church, visit us, follow us on Facebook, Restoration Church.